It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and can't get a hold of anyone. If you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. You know, in all of the years of doing The Oprah Show, there were many days that I sat in my chair across from one or two or five or six or seven people, and I would be so frustrated because I just wanted to shake people sometimes and say, why didn't you pay attention to your life? I said on the show probably the producers tell me that they counted 33 times, but I know I thought it at least a thousand times. I would say listening to your life as it whispers to you first so that it does not have to knock you upside the head with a brick or come crashing down on you as a brick wall is one of the greatest principles of life because there are many things that happen in life that are beyond our control, natural disasters, death, unexplained events. But there are also many, many, many things in life which we can control and become out of control because you're just not paying attention. You are sleepwalking through your life. And I have seen this so many times on the show. I wanted to take the guests and go, would you just pay attention? So this is what I've learned and how I've explained it to myself. Life whispers to you all the time. Your life is speaking to you all around. From the time you wake up in the morning and every single experience that's coming into your personal space, into your physical space, all of those experiences are speaking to you. They're telling you something about your life and about your circumstances. It whispers, and if you don't get the whisper, the whisper gets louder. If you don't get the whisper, when it gets louder, it gets, I call it like a little pebble, like a little thump upside your head. When I was a kid, if I was doing something my grandmother didn't like, she'd just turn around and thump me. She wouldn't even look at me. She'd just give me a thump, and I'd know, that's, that's my cue to stop it, or you, we're gonna get worse. The whisper is the message, the pebble or the thump upside the head, Usually it's gone into a problem. You don't pay attention to the problem. The problem becomes a brick upside your head. The brick upside your head is a crisis. You don't pay attention to the brick upside your head. The crisis turns into a disaster and the whole house brick wall comes falling down. 
J.C. Dugard was a young girl who was kidnapped at 11 years old and missing for 18 years. 60 times parole officers came to the house where she was being held captive. 60 separate visits they made to that house. And nobody visiting that house at no time felt the energy of that household or cared to look 30 feet outside to the backyard and notice that a little girl was living there, a little girl who would become a woman who was raising two daughters there. And it wasn't until two women on the Berkeley campus were paid a visit by the kidnapper that all of their instincts went off. They heard the whispers, they felt the whispers, and they did something about it. This is uh, police officer Allison Jacobs and police specialist Lisa Campbell from uh, the University of California, Berkeley. So I understand that you, Lisa, met him first. Yes. I work as a special events coordinator at the University of California, Berkeley Police Department. So he came in wanting to host an event on campus, and he says, uh, you're going to love this. I need to talk to you. I've got something that you, the entire world, is going to want to know. Okay, so this is an unexpected meeting. It's an unexpected, unplanned meeting. Okay. So I said, okay, so what is it about? How does this relate to the University of California? He says, well, the FBI is involved. Everybody's going to want to know it's God's desire, and it's, it's God's purpose. And while he's talking, I happen to just turn and slightly, and I see the two young girls that were standing on the outer office. And how young did they appear to be to you? Between 11 and 15. Uh-huh. Um, and I look over at the girls, and so I said, well, whose children are these? And he says, they're mine. So I said, hey, girls, how are you? Come on in. And, and they sort of just kind of stayed propped, like, as though he set it up so that he would create the distraction and they were just there in eye view. Mm -hmm. And so I look at him, and I look at the girls, and he's going on and on, and he's extremely animated, and they are not. They are actually not. It's the nonverbal. So the girls appeared to be what, robotic to you or... They were beautiful. They were pretty girls, but they just weren't animated. They weren't interactive. Uh, it was a nonverbal communication. It was just as though they were props. And okay. we were talking about... So did that send off a red yeah. flag or a yellow flag? More of a yellow. Mm -hmm. Just what's happening here. Okay, what? so what's happening here? Yeah. So you set up another appointment for the next day. Correct. And then what? I went to Allison and asked her if she could... I, no, I told her what I had. I said, Allie, this, is, this guy is in my office. He's got these two young girls. Something's not right. So I go to the dispatch, and I have him run his name. And she prints out this rap sheet, longer than I could imagine, um, that he was on parole for rape and that he was a sex registrant. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ooh, OK. We Registered don't... as a sex offender. Right, right. Okay. And so he's standing in front of Lisa's desk. The younger 11-year-old is sitting down right in front of me. And the 15-year-old is standing at his side. So I'm sitting down, and Lisa's listening to him, and I'm looking at the 11-year-old who is staring at me unlike any other stare I've ever had at me by a child in my life. Now, she's looking at me just... Smiling? Smiling. Weird smile with this, Rehearsed. like, staring past me almost. Mm -hmm. Because when you look into somebody's eyes, you can usually tell what their eyes are saying, and they're mm -hmm. very animated with their eyes, you know, nonverbal communication. I'm not getting any kind of read from her at all. So I was kind of put back, which is, you know, I'm not usual for me, and that I felt uncomfortable with this 11-year-old staring at me. The so way then she was did staring. you decide to have a conversation with the girls? I noticed that the 11-year-old had this bump on her eye. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe there's some sort of child abuse going on. So I asked her, what's wrong with your eye there? What happened? And she says, really robotic. It's a birth defect. It's inoperable, and I'll have it for the rest of my life. And it 
I, was, I kind of felt taken aback. Oh, and then I felt uncomfortable. So it wasn't a normal response that you would get from a child. Yeah. I'm looking at Lisa and I said, what did we get ourselves into? Because there's something going on. Mm -hmm. What do we do? Something's but not right. We knew something yeah, we was not right. We were just in the right. office like, what can we do? What, what? Something's wrong. You know, wrong. okay, something's so again, wrong. everybody, it's that feeling of, number one, something's not right, and then once you encounter it, you go, what was that? Yeah, exactly. We sat in the office for a second afterwards and was just like, All right. wow. Yeah, whoa. So then you called the parole officer. So I called him and he said, why don't you go ahead and tell me what happened again? So again, went through the whole story of, you know, from yeah. start to finish. And when I got to the point of, you know, his two girls, his two daughters, he says, he doesn't have any daughters. My heart just fell down into my stomach. Mm. Because here I am thinking, do we just let someone go who kidnapped these kids? Mm -hmm. What did I do wrong? Later on that day, I was driving home from work and the parole officer called my cell phone. And he was talking very quickly and very excitedly. And he said, oh, Allie, you're never going to believe this. The, the, you know, Philip Garrido, he, he's a kidnapper. And, and the daughter you were talking about at home, she's been kidnapped for 18 years. And it was an FBI case. And it was on America's Most Wanted. And, and you helped find her, and you solved the case. Congratulations. And I said, cool, that's great. And that was it. I mean, I was great. I'm glad that I helped this family. So it, you know, the, the key message is, instincts, the hairs on the back of my neck stood straight up. As a woman, we have these natural instincts. Listen to them. Good well, any time the hair on the back that. of your head is standing up, then that, that's really, that's a really strong reaction. And you have to and listen the, to it. And the hair on the back of your head stood up when? When I was in the office with Philip and with the two girls. Yeah. There, he has this look in his eyes, his penetrating stare. It's just creepy. Something's not right. Something's not right. Something's not right. Everybody has it. Everybody is born with it. And people say women have it because generally women are more acclimated to paying attention. The truth is anybody who pays attention, who is an observer of the life around them, has the ability to go inside and feel what they're feeling in any given situation instead of what I have seen, and I know you all have too, people just numbed out, walking through their life, going through the motions, so busy with the details of everything, thing, 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 that you check out and you're not really paying attention to who's around you, to what's around you, and not paying attention to your own life. I think those women are heroes. I think Allison Jacobs and Lisa Campbell, uh, their names, they, they were able to give life literally to J.C. Dugard and to her daughters. And because of that one phone call that Allison made, because she felt something's not right, that one phone call freed J.C. Dugard after 18 years of being held captive. So I really get and have gotten for a long time the principle of life whispering to you. But even I have to be reminded sometimes myself. I will tell you, recently I was in Maui and was going to join some friends for a drink. I said, I'm not gonna stay for dinner. I'm just gonna join you all. I'll just do the cocktails and, and have a drink. And I knew what I was gonna drink because when I'm in Maui, I drink mangaritas. Uh, that's with mangoes and a little tequila. But I was gonna drive myself and then I was gonna drive back home. And I thought, well, should I really do that? Well, it's only one drink and I know that one drink is really not gonna affect me, so I'll be able to still drive. And as I was going out the door, 
One of the guys who works in my house said, Miss Winfrey, would you like me to go and drive you? And I said, no, that's okay. I'll be fine. I, I can drive myself. And I'm only going to stay for a few minutes, okay? I was getting ready to drive, to pull out of the driveway, and I saw that same person walk across the lawn and say, are you sure you don't want me to go with you and drive you? And this is the second time. Now, I know how life works. I've heard it, then I heard it again, and would be afraid now to get in the car, having had the thought that I shouldn't be driving. Maybe I should, maybe, because that's what it feels like. Maybe, yeah, I think I can. I think I can make it. I can drink with one drink. I'm not gonna be drunk. And the second time it happened, I said, you know what? Come get in the car. You should drive. You should be my designated driver, even though I know I'm only gonna have one mangarita. And I did. I only had one mangarita. And I still think I could have driven back, but I had the story of Tracy Gold in the back of my mind. You'll see. Don't go anywhere. More to come after this short break. No two travelers are exactly alike, and that means no two trips should be either. Texas' vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. Are you a beach person? Well, you'll be having fun under the sun with Texas' 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies can't get enough of Texas' world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank. Some things should be boring, like banking. Boring is safe and reliable. You don't want your bank to be entertaining. Entertaining is for podcasts with inspiring celebrity guests, not banks. PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is the service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Inc. PNC Bank, National Association, member FDIC. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, You'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, 
there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. I first met Tracy Gold in 1986 at age 16. She was a teen star in the hit sitcom Growing Pains. She came back to the show in 2005, this time after a shocking arrest that was all over the headlines. Before midnight on September 3, 2004, Tracy Gold was returning home from a Labor Day barbecue with her family. She lost control of her SUV on the freeway. The car veered off the road, rolled over three times down an embankment, injuring her husband and two of her three children. When police arrived, Tracy was arrested for driving under the influence, her blood alcohol level almost twice the legal limit. In court, Tracy pled guilty to drunk driving and was sentenced to a one-month work release program, 240 hours of community service, and three years probation. Please welcome Tracy Go. You'll be fine. Okay. You're going to be fine. I know you Thank must you. be nervous. Oh, my God. You, you no must idea. be nervous. But this is the thing. What you're going to admit to is what so many uh, people have done, including myself. We didn't get caught. And you're being in front of the TV right now. For everybody who sees this, this is your wake-up call. This is your wake-up call. We're going to learn from your mistake. Because That's this right. really could have been tragic. Oh, my God. This could have been tragic. You are so and right. And you said it was hard to be in your skin after this accident. What did you mean by that? I had never felt like that before. I mean, it, it, it was the lowest point of my life. And I've always been a really sort of optimistic person who tries to see things, um, you know, clearly and, and, and see things that they can turn out okay. And I'm always proud of who I am. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I felt so much shame. Mm -hmm. And I felt so much, I was embarrassed to be me. OK, so let's start from the beginning. Sure. What was going on that day? It was a great day. You know, it was the end of the summer. Uh -huh. We had gone to a barbecue for my husband's work. Uh -huh. And he drove. Um, in our relationship, um, my husband always drives. We went to the barbecue. And it was a very nice kind of family thing. I had had. Some wine over the course of the evening had been sipping it as I was with the moms and we were hanging out. And it was just a nice night. Okay. And at the end of the night, um, it became apparent that my husband could not drive home. Because he'd been doing more he had than drinking. He'd been, drink. he had been doing more than just, you know, having wine. a sip. So all of a sudden, and it's not like him, it was sort of an unusual thing. So I, I was like, he said to me, he said, I can't drive. And he's like, you have to drive. And I, my first instinct is, well, I, I'm not going to drive because the truth is, and this is something that people will look at with skepticism, and I understand that. But the truth is that I am not a person who drinks and drives. Mm -hmm. but. That night, these circumstances came about, and he said, I want you to drive. And I said, well, no. And he's like, convinced me, said, it's OK. He said, you've only had a couple glasses. There's no way that I can drive. And I watch your show, and I'm a big fan of you. And you always say your inner voice. Mm -hmm. And I didn't listen to my inner voice. What did your inner voice tell you? No. My mm -hmm. inner voice said no. Mm -hmm. Because my own code of ethic is that I don't drink and drive. Mm -hmm. I'm not a person who drives a lot, mm -hmm. and I don't do that. 
You know, it's just my thing. I'm always kind of the conservative one in the group who's always like, well, no, I'm driving, so I'm not gonna have a drink. Okay, so, and you're one of those people, you, if you have a drink, you don't drive. Exactly, if I have a drink, I don't drive. Okay, so did you feel intoxicated at all? No, I didn't feel like intox, I obviously was. I okay, mean, let's get you in the car. Okay. You're in the car. I'm in the car. And you, the car, and where are the children? The car, they're in, one is all the way, my oldest one was all the way in the back seat. My two other children were, we were in an SUV. We're in the middle seat and my husband was in the passenger seat and I was driving. My husband's like, get on this freeway. I'm getting on. And the only way I can explain it is the car felt like it lost control. It felt like the car swerved and I tried to bring it back. So your SUV rolled over several times. It ro rolled over three times. Stop at the bottom of the embankment. Yeah. One of your children was thrown from the car. Right. Okay. Does that mean he was not wearing a seatbelt? He belt? was wearing his seatbelt. Absolutely. Was. Absolutely wearing. They were all three wearing their seatbelts. You know, there's it's just chaos. It just happened really fast. Police come and they ask me, did I have anything to drink? And you said what? I said yes. Mm -hmm. I was honest. Yes, mm -hmm. I had. But mm -hmm. I, but I you know, I, I told him the truth. And he then did a whole sobriety test on me and then did a breathalyzer test on me like three times. But didn't, and you, you're, it was twice the it legal limit? It was almost twice the legal limit. Yeah, so, I, I read twice yeah, the legal was, limit. Yeah, it was almost. And, um, you know, for me, you know, at that point, I mean, I just, it was to say it was a surreal experience and it just, I, it felt like a dream. Like, it felt like I couldn't believe that this was happening. Whoa. Five minutes ago, I was at, a, a barbecue that was a family nice barbecue. Everything was okay. Everything was great. In a flash, things had changed. Mm. So when I was interviewing Tracy Gold about her drunk driving incident, I was particularly trying to get her to see that it wasn't one of those things that just happened. That is not the case. You never expect it's going to happen to you. It's not something I expected would ever happen to me. It's not something that is not how I live my life, anything I had ever come close to, anything. I live my life every day as a responsible, careful, good person, I think. I really try every day to try and do the right thing. And I made a horrible, horrible, horrible choice that evening. And it could have, you know, that night I... I always was saying that was the worst night of my life, worst night of my life, and my husband reminded me that was the luckiest night of our life because something truly catastrophic could have happened. Mm -hmm. And I consider myself extremely blessed yeah. Yeah. that I um, that I have my family mm -hmm. and that I, I, I had this lesson. And I said, why is this my lesson to learn? Because it was not where they go, oh, well, we knew this was going to happen. It wasn't like that. It was, it was like... Tracy? How did that happen to Tracy? And for a while, it was like, why? Why did this happen? I don't understand it. How many times has this problem shown itself to you in other areas and you didn't respond? Because by my, my theory is the way I have seen life mm -hmm. work, and I know this is true for myself and I've seen it for other people. Uh, I haven't tested it on the world. But by the time it comes in this form, sure. where it's this big, sure. where it's can cause this much... Havoc, yeah. Yeah. It means that has been whispering to you for a long time. As I say, God speaks to you, life speaks to you in a whisper first, and you don't get the whisper. You get a little pebble upside the head, you get a brick, you get a brick wall. <laughs> then you get the whole wall come falling down. This is your wall. Mm -hmm. But I know 
just as anybody else who's watching here, what appears to be an accident out of the blue. Mm -hmm. For this to happen in your life this way means it's been whispering to you, it's been coming, sure. it's been coming in other forms that you did not pay attention, and this is what it took for you to, to, realize pay, it. to pay attention. Absolutely, and, and I agree with you. Things don't just happen like out of the blue. No, they uh, don't. They don't you know, it's not a rock falling from the sky. It's, it happens for a reason. Yeah, okay. and, and for you, it was about you compromising your own self. Inner self, Your absolutely. own inner self. Well, did you get it this time? I've got it, I've got okay. it strong. You know what, and I really, really, I, I, I really get it now that my inner instincts and my inner voice, they're good. Yeah. And when I listen to them, yeah. they lead me down the right path. Yeah. When I don't le listen to them and I listen to maybe somebody else's who maybe not might be on the right track, then that's where I, I go astray. And that is the lesson yeah. for everybody. The whispers are not that dramatic that come to us, but in everybody's life, it's happening all of the time. And when I've interviewed people on the show, who've been in crisis situations that happened, I am always trying to get back to what was the original whisper, because I know that that's a principle in life. Things don't just come out of the blue and happen to you when you had some contribution to the thing happening. It, 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 it just doesn't. Everybody always says, life is so busy. I got so much going on. How am I gonna have time to hear a whisper? Well, first of all, everybody does. Everybody does here. You cannot tell me that you haven't had that, hmm, something's off here feeling. Everybody gets that. Anybody who's in a bad relationship knows exactly what I'm talking about. We've all been in situations where people were bringing toxicity to your life, where things didn't appear right, and you overlooked them because you didn't want to believe that they were as bad as they could be. It happens all the time in relationships. When I look back at my career, when I look back at my life as a businesswoman, the many times I ignored seeing things, ignored the way other people treated some people, ignored it because I thought, mm, didn't want to believe that it was as serious as it was, or because I thought, don't want to look at that now. It's the same thing. Poison comes in many forms. And what I learned from all of these multitude of shows and stories is that no room for judgment on my part. Just look at my own life. I'm so happy I get to share this with you because if you can get this, if you can just get, if people get this, your whole life changes because your life is about the energy that you're putting out and the energy that's coming back to you. And it's also about you being an observer, waking up and paying attention. And if you're asking a question, if you're wondering if something's going on, if you're questioning anything in your life, there's so many signs coming at you all of the time. Everything that's happening is signaling you to be a better you. It's coming in. It's like a vibrational frequency coming in to try to help you get better. The answers are there. Pay attention. Pay attention to your life and don't wait for the brick wall to fall down up on you, whatever that is in your life. Get it in the whisper and the brick wall doesn't have to come. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening.
Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.